Glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's all about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so that you can save more and spend less, and don't let anyone ever rip you off. Clark.com is our web address. ClarkDeals.com is where you go to find the latest, greatest deals. A lot of wonderful new deals have been posted in the last hour and a half. You should check it out at ClarkDeals.com. Coming up in 20 minutes, cyberbullying is something you hear about involving stuff that goes on with kids and how brutal it is for kids. But there's something you will be shocked about. It's how much meanness is going on now among adults. It is truly unacceptable and clark rages. And later this hour, have you ever had an experience where someone says, I'm sorry, we don't accept cash? That's an experience I've witnessed several times lately. I want to tell you about a move by Visa to try to basically give the kibosh to cash. There's a lot of money in it for them. Speaking of money in it, there's a nasty fight going on in Washington that it seems like it's a battle that people who believe in freedom and free speech have to fight over and over again. And it involves something referred to as net neutrality. The big players in uh, internet from the phone companies and the cable companies want to have the ability to set up toll roads on the internet. You're already paying for your internet access. They want now to be able to restrict content unless people will pay them money to have their content flow. As an example, let's say clark.com you want to go read something on my website and i refuse to pay money for these toll roads what it means is that your access to the information from clark.com will be degraded slowed down or not available it is something that we shouldn't even be having to have a discussion about but the people you know there's a chokehold on access to the internet in the United States. We versus most anywhere else in the world have a very tiny number of providers in each area. Many people have only one and many others have no high-speed internet providers in their area. It was because of a grievous error by the US Congress two generations ago and how they set up the original licenses for cable TV, and then in 1984, how telephone was divided up in the United States that created these shared monopolies across America. Now the FCC, which is an obscure federal agency, the Federal Communications Commission, is in a position, and the chairman of the FCC has made it clear he doesn't really care what people say, but I think that he protests too much because the response is overwhelming from people who want freedom of speech in America, who want the right to be able to see what they want to see, read what they want to read, and not have a monopolist gatekeeper control your access to information. 
It is absolutely wrong-spirited, and it's against what our nation's supposed to be about with free speech. So today, somewhere around, I think, well, the huge websites are involved, as well as smaller ones like ours, but Facebook, Amazon, and Google are part of today's protest of the end of free speech over the internet. And I want you to know that the way you deal with darkness is you shine light on it. And if you are at all politically connected, please let your congressman or senator know that this is unacceptable to you to have toll bridges and toll gates and toll roads put up on the internet. It is wrong. It is wrong. There's, this is a right and wrong thing. It is wrong for a monopoly company to be able to control the flow of speech in the United States. You know, we're no longer in an era where the dissemination of information is done in the old-fashioned way with newspapers, what's old-fashioned in most of our lifetimes, newspaper, radio, TV. Today, the Internet is the key pipeline for information. And attempts to choke off free speech. And if a monopoly company doesn't like what I'm saying, to eliminate your ability to see what I have to say or hear what I have to say, that is not what America is about. And I can't stand that these monopoly entities from the phone companies and the cable companies are working so hard in Washington spreading their money around and trying to fix this thing so that you're in my access to the free, free flow of information is ended. You know, there are times in our republic when people need to stand up and be heard. And this is one of those times. Because we just assume and take for granted that our freedoms continue as they were. But the reality is, freedoms are something you have to speak up for. You have to be heard about. Or those with special private interests will snuff out our freedoms. And as I have said in the past, if one of the monopoly phone companies or cable companies would like to go on the air and have their say about this, I welcome you to do it. Because... I am a believer in free speech, and I want to hear from people who disagree with me. Doesn't seem that there's so much into that, does it? Wick is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Wick. Hello, sir. How are you? Great, thank you. How can I be of service to you today? Okay, this is uh, some time ago I moved uh, back to Georgia after a... A uh, relationship went south, and uh, we remained friends. And um, sometime after I moved back, I got a call from my ex-girlfriend, and she wanted uh, to know if she could employ uh, one of my credit accounts to use to uh, help the dog we used to share uh, have surgery for gallstones. 
so of course I still love still love the dog and, and uh, <laughs> you we didn't necessarily friends. love her but you still love the dog <laughs> we remain friends okay and so <laughs> I uh, of course I, I extended the credit to her uh, sometime after that very soon after that she uh, her uh, she lost her job unfortunately and uh, unbeknownst to me uh, she got behind on the payments. Oh. Now, once I realized that had happened, I began making payments, and this was probably about this time last year. And uh, I made several payments, I think up five to seven hundred dollars worth of payments before uh, I went to uh, do my taxes last year. And once I did my taxes, I realized that that uh, that account had already been reported. So how many months behind had she fallen on payments? I think it was, I can't say for sure. I'm roughly three to four, I would imagine, enough to get... So you have uh, some over 90s on your credit, because it was your credit you let her use. Precisely. Okay, so th this is one of those things where a bad thing has happened to a good person... You were doing something out of the goodness of your heart uh, and for sentimental reasons and attachment to a dog that's, that wasn't even in your life anymore. Correct. For an ex-girlfriend who wasn't in your life anymore. And Correct. it's as if, there's something I say, if you ever co-sign a loan, know that you were going to have all the responsibility and none of the privilege. And that's exactly, exactly this mimics that. And so... The, the loan, was it turned over to a collection agency or are these late pays simply being reported by the uh, house lender that the vet uses? It has, I'm, as far as I know, it's been turned over. And that, uh, that points to my question is, is there any way to recoup the money? Because they were still accepting payments after they'd already reported it. Well, so reporting it, and turning it over to a collection agency are two different things. Have they reflected the payments against the balance owed on the loan for the gallbladder, for the uh, gallstones? That I'm not positive of. All right. That's what you need to dig in on. Do you have online access to the account that you can figure out what the original balance was, what payments there have been, and the rest? I can look into that. Okay. I'm... That's where your efforts need to be right now. It okay. also would be good for you to talk to the office manager of the veterinary medicine practice. Okay. Explain the situation to him or her, and they have a lot more leverage with their in-house lender than you do. Huh. And you can explain the circumstances and what happened and all that, and that office manager may be able to do something for you. Right, because they uh, the, the credit extender needs the vet more than they need that makes sense right that so because the veterinary medicine practice has a number of house lenders they can go to and if it alienates their customers regularly that's not good for the vet and so that's why that office manager if he or she takes an interest in what you're saying you may be able to get some help there otherwise the reality is, even though it's not your fault, the late payments happened, and because it's your credit, 
you are the one wick who suffers the consequences and i'm sorry to have to tell you that b is with us on the clark howard show hello b hi clark hi you want to talk about target retirement funds yes clark i do and i'm so so excited to be on on the call with you i feel like we've come full circle oh wow Uh, in in high school i remember you being on wsb um that tells my age uh with monica kaufman i think sometimes wow that uh for for listeners who listen around the country that's a tv affiliate that i started doing tv for 27 years ago so you weren't supposed to tell the age part (laughs) sorry (laughs) so my son now he's in college and he listens to you on podcast so i feel like this is full circle great um yes i wanted to talk about the uh targeted um investing because i have a, a an ira from listening to you and um it's sitting there and i've thought about you know, take it a more aggressive position. Should I, or should I let it sit there? Now, by um, sit there, you mean it's in a target retirement fund? Correct. So target retirement funds, the beauty of them is as you get steadily closer to your target year, they automatically change the mix of investing and mm-hmm. make the mix more conservative. So uh, unless you like being active and hands-on, the target retirement fund product is a great way to make sure that you're well diversified and that the level of risk is appropriate for the time period till when you're going to potentially start spending the money. So do you love researching and picking this investment and that one and the other, or is that not your thing? I think I would like that, but not with all of my funds maybe a percentage or a portion. All right, then what I'd like you to do, if you want to start experimenting and maybe even buy individual stocks or whatever, I'd like you separate from your Roth, leave it Mm -hmm. in the target retirement funds, open Mm -hmm. an account with Robinhood where you can do free stock trading and you can do it on your iPhone or Android. You don't need a lot of money to start with Robinhood and you can learn the process of investing, how you build a portfolio, and see if you really do want to get involved with researching individual companies, owning individual stocks, building out your investments that way, or if maybe you decide after you try it for a while that's not really your thing and you want to just let the clock run with the target retirement fund, I think that's the best way to do it. But I wouldn't want you to mix and match in the retirement fund, if you're doing target retirement, you need to stay with all your money in your retirement account being target retirement fund. Today's Clark Rageous moment is something that really troubles me. There's a new survey out from the Pew Research Center that finds how many of us as adults have been hit with online harassment or what is often referred to as cyberbullying where real ugliness is posted by typically anonymous people. And the of Americans, 41% have experienced online harassment. Of people who are in their 20s, this is amazing, two-thirds, two-thirds are being harshed on by other people, often anonymously. Now, i got to tell you something. 
because of what I do for a living, bring it on. You're mad at me? You let me know, and you say it however you want. You want to be anonymous? Be anonymous. That's part of my role and what I do. If you're angry at me, express it. And be nasty if you want. That's fine. But to each other, come on. Come on. If you're going to hide behind anonymity, that's really chicken stuff. And think before you write. And be more polite to each other, please. I'm glad to welcome you here to the Clark Howard Show where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas to me so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our website. And Clark.com slash ask is where you go to post a question for me. You also can ask questions off the air. We provide free off-the-air advice. We do that nine hours each weekday. The time is 10 in the morning Eastern, 7 in the morning Pacific, to 7 in the evening Eastern time to 4 in the evening Pacific time, and obviously adjust for Central and Mountain time. And that was terrible to me. I didn't think about our listeners in Alaska and Hawaii Joel, can you do the timing in Hawaii instantly for when we're open? I cannot. Uh, depends on the time of year. It'd either be 5 or 6 a.m. to, let's see, it'd be 3 or 4 p. No, 2 or 3 p.m. Even I started to mess that up. Terrible me. Anyway, we love to answer your questions, and that's a free service of our show for just short of 25 years. How do you pay for things? Do you know the number one way people pay for things when they're out and about is still with cash? Now, I'm one of those people who uses credit cards as a payment system where I pay in full. So I do everything I can with a reward card. And I don't even think of paying with cash. I almost never need cash. I almost never go to an ATM. I do everything with plastic, but that is actually not how most people do it. In fact, people are more likely to use cash versus credit more than two to one, and that's driving people in the plastics business crazy, so much so that Visa is doing an experiment where they're offering businesses all kinds of free hardware and software for payment processing if they will sign a contract that they will ban cash at their business. That the only way you can pay is with plastic. You come in and you want to eat at that restaurant or you want to shop at that store and you don't carry a card, credit or debit card, you cannot eat there, you cannot shop there. And so Visa is bribing these establishments to be part of the experiment, and we'll see how that plays. You know, there are other countries in the world where cash just really isn't part of what people do. But in the United States, we have a lot of people who still prefer shopping with cash, dining with cash, and as I've always said, if you have a lot of trouble handling your money, if you always seem to have more month than you have money, nothing beats living on cash. 
because when you use plastic, even a debit card, you don't have the sense of how finite money is. And cash, you see it dwindle right before your eyes when you go spend $5 on lunch or $11 on lunch or whatever. You see the money shrink. And so cash is a fantastic disciplining and budget tool. But using this as a way to have a restaurateur say, sorry, you can't eat here. We don't take that stuff you have, that money. I would think that would be a deal with the devil, and you should tell Visa to keep their money they're going to give you and continue to let the customer do what the customer wants to do. If they want to pay with cash, let them pay with cash. If they want to charge it, well, you could let them charge it. If you're going to do anything, give people a discount who pay with cash because you pay so much in merchant fees. Why not give them a deal if they give you cash? On the other hand, there are businesses that benefit from not having cash on hand because they become an attractive target potentially for somebody who might come in and rob them. The smart thing that uh, Sam's Club and Aldi both do is that when you pay at the register, you can ask for additional money and they give you cash and that way they get rid of a lot of the cash they have on hand, making them less attractive to somebody who might say, hey, they got a lot of business there. That means there's a lot of cash. I'm going to come get it. Betty's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Betty. How are you doing? I'm good. Betty, you want to talk about student loans. Yes. Um, I was researching a way to, uh, well, actually I heard, you know, uh, an advertisement about uh, a company that would allow you to, you know, kind of put what your loan amount is and different companies would maybe allow you to refinance it at a lower rate or um, with lower payments. And I just didn't know if there were companies out there you could trust to do that. Or yes. it better just to keep with the you know the ones that um, you're with already already hold the, the loan. All right. So there's a couple of factors here. It has become a significant business, people that will offer to refi your student loans. And there are two sources that I've referred people to in the past that want to refi a student loan. One is SoFi.com, S-O-F-I.com, and the other is Credible.com, C-R-E-D-I-B-L-E.com. Okay. But if you're going to go shop your student loans, here's what you need to know. You normally do not want to refi with one of these sources any federal student loans. Okay. Do you have any federal, or are they all private? They're they're all they're all um, you know federal federal. So loans. the reason you don't want to refi federal loans is that under the federal student loan program, there are a number of opportunities for you to have your payments reduced if your income goes down. There are forgiveness programs after so many on-time payments, depending on what your job is. There are so many privileges that come with a federal student loan that do not exist if you refi them into a private loan. As an example, 
with a federal loan, if you're in one of the what are known as pay-as-you-earn programs, if you were to lose your job, or let's say you're ill and you can't work, you are not considered to be under those programs to be delinquent if you have a reason that qualifies that you're not earning an income and you're considered to be current even at a $0 payment per month. And so those privileges do not exist if you take those from federal to private and refi. They don't, the private lenders don't care why you can't make your payment. They're just going to eat you up. Okay. What kind of interest rate do your loans have right now? Um, well, there were uh, as as high as seven point nine, and then because it was a four year, and one as low as six point three. Okay, so the the way the federal student loan program works, if uh, if you're not aware, is that the rates reset every year now, but once your rate is set on that federal loan. Your loan stays at that rate for as long as it is till you pay it off. So people going to school now get a much lower rate than what you have. Okay. Just because interest rates have been generally lower, and then they keep that rate for the entire time till they pay it off 10, 20, 30 years. So in your case, if your credit's really great and your debt-to-income ratio is good, you can potentially get a lower interest rate with a private loan. Okay. But the danger is that you then don't have those privileges that come with the federal loan. So that's a call you've really got to make. And, you know, you can go shop them, and if the rates they offer really are not significantly lower than what you have right now, it would be a mistake to refi into the private loans, again, because of the rates you give up. Okay. Does that help? That helps a lot. Great. That helps a lot. I appreciate it. All right. Have a great day. And Chip is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Chip. How are you doing? I'm fine, Clark. How are you? Great. Thank you. How can I serve you? Well, I'm a, a longtime listener to your podcast, and I really appreciate what you do for us. Oh, well, thank you. Yeah. So I read an article recently in a local paper about the possibility of paying for long-term care insurance. Um, with an exchange from either an annuity uh, or a life insurance policy. And wanted to know what your thoughts were on that. So if you don't have, let's say in the case of a life insurance policy, you're not worried about somebody necessarily um, receiving the proceeds from that life insurance policy, you can do a a tax-free exchange known as a... Is it 1031, 1030, 1035, 1031's real estate, 1035 exchange where you exchange the life insurance policy or in the case of an annuity, if you don't need the income that the annuity would eventually generate for you, you can trade it in essentially tax-free for a long-term care policy. Okay. So the way it works with insurance is that with many insurance products, you can exchange one for another, and even though you've terminated a policy that would normally cause tax, you are exempted from that tax because you exchanged right from there into another insurance product. So the long-term care thing. We have, uh, when you get into the age that you're normally looking at long-term care, you have about a 70% chance historically, 
of at some point needing assistance with the activities of daily living, as it's referred to, either with care in the home or an assisted living or nursing home. So the odds are more than two-thirds of us are going to need it. But very few people ever buy long-term care insurance because it's so scary expensive. It really is, I know. Now, is there a recommended age by which you should have long-term care? What I've recommended in the past is late 50s to early 60s. Okay. Because uh, you're, by that point, usually done with a lot of the expenses you have in life raising kids and stuff, and your health is likely still to be good enough to medically underwrite for long-term care. Okay. And so that's kind of a window that you look at. If you buy it much later, it's likely going to be harder or too expensive to get because you're going to have, well, chronic conditions creep in as we age. Sure, yeah. Well, I'm uh, turning 53 in about a week, and so... You're a little young to make that change, and the advantage of waiting uh, another five years or so is that long-term care is in a cycle right now where it's a lot more expensive than it used to be, and the coverage benefits have been reduced because a lot of insurers lost money in the business. Right. And these things go in cycles. So I would say, especially in your case, it would be a better idea to give this more time. Are there companies that um, kind of specialize in that transition between, say, a life insurance policy and the long-term care? No. Any agent can exchange an existing policy for a new one and there's paperwork to prove that they weren't doing it's called a churn where they were just taking a policy and replacing it with a new one for them to get commission and as long as they properly done the paperwork and they're not doing a churn which it would not be in your case then there shouldn't be a problem with you migrating to whoever you wish to this same thing, you mentioned annuities. Is this an annuity you're thinking of exchanging or life insurance? No, I'm a long-time listener. I know not to go anywhere near annuities. All right. Well, a lot of people work as teachers or work in uh, nonprofits or whatever, and their retirement plans historically have been funded with annuities. Oh, I see. And they have the right under the law to do a tax-free exchange from a lousy high-cost annuity into a decent lower-cost annuity or low-cost. And it's like no teachers seem to know that, and that's a shame. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Hey, listeners, whether you love true crime or comedies, celebrity interviews, news, or even motivational speakers, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue, right? And guess what? Now you can call the shots on your auto insurance, too. Enter the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. The Name Your Price tool puts you in charge of your auto insurance by working just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance. Then they'll show you a variety of coverages that fit within your budget, giving you options. Now, that's something you'll want to press play on. It's easy to start a quote, and you'll be able to choose the best option for you, fast. It's just one of the many ways you can save with Progressive Insurance. Quote today at Progressive.com to try the Name Your Price tool for yourself and join over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Crystal is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Crystal. How are you doing? I'm good, thanks. How are you? Great, thank you. You have a question for me about 
a mythical creature, and we're not talking Greek mythology, but we might as well here. Yeah, that was what I was thinking. <laughs> what are you looking for that seems well, to be a myth? Well, we're looking for possibly refinancing our mortgage. Um, we have an arm now, and, and it's just kind of creeping up a little bit. Not, I mean, it's not a huge amount, but we were just thinking about refinancing and just getting, you know, a fixed rate. And how long you know, are you? How long are you going to stay in the home? Um, forever. Then you absolutely, positively want to quickly get out of that arm and go okay. to a fixed rate. Okay. How many years do you have left um, if you were thinking of your... Oh, let me ask it this way. How long have you been in that arm? Uh, Ten years. So if you were to go into a a refi into a 30-year fixed rate mortgage, you're going back ten years. Yeah. So are you in a position that you could handle the monthly payment on a 15- or 20-year loan? It's possible, yeah, it's possible. I don't know that, you know, we really want to stretch it that tight, but yeah, we could. All right, well, look at that, because the 20, you don't get a lower interest rate typically, but a 15-year, you may get as much as a whole interest point lower than you would on doing a refi into a 30. Yeah, well, the rates have always been lower with, you know, whenever they increase once a year, they've always been lower, but now they're... You know, right now they're doing, It's go, in August, it's going up to 4%. But that's and only all- the beginning. I need to make sure you, you're aware of this. The way the interest rate resets work on the arms, with the uh-huh. interest rates that the Federal Reserve influences most heavily, they are, the arms are very sensitive to the interest rates the Federal Reserve it has mm-hmm. signaled clearly they're going to keep pushing up. So it yeah, is to your advantage to do that refi. But let's talk Greek mythology. Okay. What is that that you were curious about? Well, there's a company that down here in Florida that's been advertising that they will pay all of the lender's fees, all of the mortgage fees. You know, they'll pay all of that. And you and pay no you, closing costs. And you pay no closing costs. Right. You pay nothing. All right. So this is a real offer, but there's not a free lunch. I want to make sure you know how this works. And a lot of mortgage brokers will make these no-cost refi offers to you. But the way they make it happen is they take your interest rate usually a half a point to five-eighths of a point higher to cover what you would have paid in closing costs. Uh, So if if this is your forever home, you're actually better off paying closing costs and getting a lower interest rate for the long haul, even though you're going to have to pay out a substantial number of thousands of dollars for that closing. And one thing you should do since you live in Florida, there are so many credit unions in Florida, shop them for a refi. You're listening to The Clark Howard Show. I want you to know that I appreciate so much that you've just tuned into our podcast, that you had faith in the information and advice you get. You want more information from us? One of the best ways to get Clark Smart is with our free newsletters, Clark Daily, Clark Deals, and Travel Escape. Sign up now. You'll be able to unsubscribe at any time if you think I'm wasting your time. Go to clark.com newsletters.